You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The matchups are there for the Chicago Bears to upset the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. It's a question of, do the Bears have enough talent to overcome, and can this coaching staff keep those players in the best position to be successful? This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for more Bears talk. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen every day. We're here for you five days a week. And today, we're putting together a game plan for a Chicago Bears victory on Sunday against the Raiders. We'll start with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas offense. He's been playing well this season, despite not a lot of help from certain parts of his supporting casts. So we'll look at how the Bears might be able to neutralize him a little bit, where they can find some advantages, and, and how parts of this Raiders offense could play into some of what the Bears want to do schematically. Then we'll look at the Raiders' defense, and specifically Justin Fields matching up for his first start as the unquestioned starter moving forward. The Raiders have a very, very strong pass rush, similar to what we saw with the Cleveland Browns, but schematically very different on their defense. So we'll look at where the Bears might be able to find some ways to win and some ways to further support their rookie quarterback in this matchup. Then we wrap up with the biggest matchups that are going to decide this game, where the Bears can find an advantage to, to exploit and really put the Raiders on their heels while trying to figure out where the Raiders might attack Chicago and how the Bears coaching staff can support those potential holes. Well, let's start with this Bears defense and Derek Carr, because always the whole talk all week has been quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And we'll get there with, with Fields on today's podcast. But Derek Carr has been playing very well this season. And it's been, I mean, he's always been a solid NFL quarterback, but it's been a little bit surprising this season because he hasn't had a running game or much of an offensive line. And those two things are definitely connected there. And we'll get to those in a moment, but he's still been able to throw the ball fairly consistently despite that. And he's really been deadly, like deep over the middle of the field, you know, that deep to intermediate range. He has hit some, just some beautiful passes, found some open receivers as well, but really been deadly accurate in those areas, big explosive plays, generally speaking, right up the middle. But we have seen that accuracy drop off when he tries to hit the sidelines a little bit more. They are more difficult throws because you have to account for the lateral distance in addition to the vertical distance. They're farther throws even when it's not as much downfield and it takes longer for the ball to then get there and the windows close a little bit faster. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but he, he, it seems like the middle of the field has been more so his bread and butter and the sidelines have been a little bit more of a weakness for him, whereas then like underneath, really done a great job of taking care of the ball, right? It's that, it's that combination of like, you know, he'll check down and he'll hit the quick stuff when he needs to and he'll take his shots downfield, but he's always being smart with the ball especially in those underneath things to kind of get the chunks there and then find the big explosive plays that you dabble in there. It's what you want from your quarterback. And so I think for him, the, the difference between those has been when he has found some time to throw from his offensive line. It hasn't been a strong pass protection group for much of the season. The left tackle is really where the strength is. But when he can get those plays, right, it's not every single play is immediate pressure. So when he does find 
some time to throw, that's when he's able to get those balls deeper downfield and generate some of those explosive plays for the Raiders' offense. And so they're, they're not having to just purely rely on quick underneath passing. You know, he's not one of the fastest releases in the NFL this season. He has had a propensity to try and let some of these plays develop a little bit more. So there should be some opportunity for this Bears pass rusher, especially with with how weak their offensive line really has been and how that's really held back the running game quite a bit. And I think that plays into what the Chicago Bears want to do from a schematic standpoint in Sean Desai's defensive scheme, that they want to play the Vic Fangio style of two deep safeties and like a lot of off-shell coverages over the top and not load up the box. Really kind of take away the big explosive plays over the top. They're not as worried about completing the check down to the running back out of the backfield, a little dump off to a, you know the tight end on two yards downfield or whatever. They're, the Bears are okay with that. This scheme is okay with that. And they're okay with you running the ball. And they don't, they don't want to give up 20-yard breakaway runs, but they, they really rely on not a lot of men in the box to still stop the run. It's usually the six guys in your nickel coverages. And so you can kind of sit in this matchup and say, yeah, this offensive line is not going to be good enough to run all over this Bears defense, even if they're not going to have a lot of guys in the box. So that should play into some of what what Sean Desai wants to do. Really make them earn the yards the hard way then. Try and run on us. I mean, you haven't been able to run on anybody this season. Dare, dare them to get two yards and get in those third and long situations. Dare them to just throw the check downs to dump off to the running back and get two or three yards. And again, put them in those longer down and distances and make them have to complete 10 to 12 to 14 plays downfield because most teams can't consistently do that and score throughout the course of the game. So I, I have a feeling, given the, the receiver talent that they do have, at wide receiver and at tight end, and they even have had some nice catches out of the backfield this season. I think the Raiders should have some success moving the ball between the 20s, kind of like the Lions did last week. The Bears are, are vulnerable enough at some spots that we'll get into a little bit later that I, I think there should be some ball movement there. And so it's going to come down again to that red zone execution for both the Bears defense and the Raiders offense. And I think really uh, if you could stop them there a few times, holding the field goals and then get a turnover, maybe two, certainly win the turnover margin, but at, at least one can really be enough to put this Bears team over the top. I mean, the Raiders are 3-1, and one, but they're definitely a beatable 3-1 and one team. They're a good team. They're better than the Lions. They're probably better than the Bengals that the Bears saw earlier this season, but they're not flawless by any means. And there's definitely a formula here for this Bears defense to slow down this Raiders offense and put Justin Fields and the Bears offense in a position to keep up with some points and ultimately secure that victory. We'll turn our attention to that side of the ball and how this coaching staff can continue to support Justin Fields in this matchup in particular next on Locked On Bears. The Bears are five and a half point underdogs on the road at betonline.ag, your number one place for all your sports betting needs. It's the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend, not only for your pro football action, but college football, soccer, hockey, tennis, boxing, plus now baseball playoffs, basketball season right around the corner. If it's a sport, you can bet on it at betonline.ag. Over under for this game set at just 44 points, so uh, the odds makers expecting kind of a, a slightly lower scoring matchup in Vegas, but hey, that sets the mark for you to, to bet and win some money at betonline.ag. Sign up today for our free account and enter our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
this Las Vegas Raiders defense has struggled to stop the run all season. So as much as you would love to have David Montgomery out there for this matchup, if there's a week, and obviously Montgomery's going to miss a few weeks with his injury, right? But it's not a bad, I mean, there are, there are worse times to be without Montgomery, right? There's no good time to have your top running back injured, but this is not as bad of a matchup as it could be to have Damian Williams and company have to kind of take over. As far as practice reports have gone this week, Williams has been participating with his, what is it, a bruised thigh or something in his leg. Should be good to go. Him and Khalil Herbert, we might see them elevate Ryan Nall or Artavis Pierce from the practice squad. But either way, it's a it's a scaled-back Bears running game against a run defense that has struggled to stop the run. And so it's a great opportunity here for Damian Williams to shine. The, the Raiders' defense has not been one word. You know, it's the, the breakaway 75-yard touchdown run that inflates their numbers. But it's just been the consistent, you know, five, six yards to running backs. And, you know, they'll, get, they'll pick up a 10 or 15 here and there when they break through. But, you know, the back end is, has been able to finally sort of stop things. But running backs have done a good job of being able to break through that initial wave and get through to the second level. Seems to me like this Raiders defense is a little bit more weak up in the interior. And so I, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm Chicago, I'm trying to do a lot of the same things I did against the Detroit Lions last week, right? Load them up, get a couple of tight ends in there and hand it off up the middle. You know, you don't have to try and get speed outside of the edge because that's where the strength of this Raiders defense is. Of those, those defensive ends in that 4-3 scheme have really been strong. But the interior guys, average, you know, they've got some name recognition there, but they just haven't been playing at a, a super high level there. And so I think it, it bodes well for the interior of this Bears offensive line and getting Damon Williams trying to go up there in the middle. I mean, Herbert with his speed trying to get to the edge might be a little bit more of a challenge, but I think physical running game following up what you were able to do last week is really where I think the Bears are going to see some success in the running game. And Fields, in theory, should have some opportunities with his legs too. We saw Lamar Jackson in week one get some really big scrambles against the Raiders. Fields is not going to be Lamar Jackson, but even Jacoby Brissett with the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, he had some nice scrambles, you know, on design passing plays, not just read option stuff, but passing plays where he takes off in part because that Raiders pass rush gets him out of the pocket. But with the way this scheme works under Gus Bradley's defense, it tends to be a lot of single deep and it's the cover three, sometimes cover one, but their cover three zone can kind of end up looking like man coverage or like half man, half zone, depending on what routes you throw at them and how their rules respond to those routes. And so if they're sort of man manning up the receivers, even though they're in zone, there's still gonna be room then for Justin Fields to run because they might not be spying him quite as well. So I would expect Fields' legs to be a part of the Bears passing game, maybe more so than the running game, because I think you should be able to find some room up the middle. But but this 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 Gus Bradley cover three scheme coming over from the, the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom, right? That was sort of his defense that he helped orchestrate over there. It it tends to be, you know, a strong indicator for them. They're not running it exclusively every single play, but they, they'd like to be in those spots more often than not. And so it opens up some very clear places the Bears should find some room. Particularly, you'll see a lot of crossing routes have success against this scheme because you'll end up getting wide receivers matched up on linebackers. And we can, we'll break that down a little bit more here a little bit later on in the podcast, but thinking thinking about guys working across the middle of the field and then really up the seams, right? If you think about cover three, when you have three deep defenders, middle of the field safety and the outside cornerbacks, you, you want to put the pressure right in between those three on either side of the safety. So the safety kind of has to decide, okay, which 
which of these sides do I go? And then you kind of leave space on the other side. That's where I, I would look for the Bears to try and find some sort of vertical passing game that way because that, that, that's always been sort of the, the hallmark of where you can find some space against cover three because a lot of times your underneath defenders will try and carry those vertically and then you get sometimes a linebacker again matched up on a wide receiver going deep up the field. So they're, they're in theory should be open receivers downfield if you can scheme it up correctly. The challenge is going to be then giving Justin Fields some time to throw because this is a very strong pass rush for the Raiders, particularly they have three defensive ends in their rotations that really cause a lot of havoc. But the counter flip side to that is that Gus Bradley's defense this season and in past past years as well has not blitzed very much at all. They do not bring linebackers and safeties. It's the four defensive linemen that you see on the field. They're the ones coming at you. And so that should make it a heck of a lot easier for Justin Fields to not have to wonder where the pass rushers are going to come from. For Sam Mustafer making the protections from the center position at the line of scrimmage, then they might stunt and they might loop guys around here and there, but it's never like, oh, is the slot cornerback or the linebacker coming? No, it's we, generally speaking, not, not exclusively, but generally speaking, you're going to know who your four guys are. And so that then it just becomes about getting some extra help for your offensive tackles against these edge rushers, more of the six and seven man protections, more play action, more max protect shots downfield for fields because that's where he found a lot of the success last week against the Lions and what was really missing against the Cleveland Browns. If you're going to roll him out of the pocket, I'm a little bit hesitant because I get flashbacks to the Browns game that if, if it's Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, or in this, in this case, guys like Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and Carl Nassip, they're going to be sniffing out for those rollouts. And so if you're going to roll fields to, the, to a side, you have to have a tight end on that backside to block that defensive end. Typically on a rollout, you're going to leave somebody unblocked and, and hope that the play action kind of sucks them in so the quarterback can then sneak around them. But if, if you're going to do it against this defense, you have to leave a tight end in there to block that normally unblocked backside defender that field is going to roll off of. Otherwise, they'll chase him down and it will eliminate the rollout just like it did in Cleveland. So, again, it feels like matchup-wise, formula is there that they're not going to surprise you. They're not going to challenge you in some of those ways from a pass rush standpoint. They will in terms of talent, but not in terms of scheme. And then with given the cover three scheme having some exploitable weaknesses that Fields should be able to throw on, right, there is a, a path here for some bare success. It, again, it's not it's easy to say that on paper. The talent has to do it. And the Raiders do have some very real talent beyond just the, it's part of why they can scheme some of the way that they do, because they just know that, yeah, their pass rushers are going to be better than your offensive linemen. And so they don't have to blitz and get crazy creative because they can just line them up and say, no, more often than not or enough our guys are going to win. I, I saw in terms of like most pass rush wins this season, I believe Max Crosby is number one and Yannick Ngakwe is number four in the NFL. It's like, I don't, I don't remember the exact order, but I'm pretty sure it's Crosby is one, then Aaron Donald is two, Miles Garrett is three, and Ngakwe is four. Bears have played all four of those pass rushers this season, but this is the first game where they're playing two of them at the same time. So it's a very real potential here for those guys to completely disrupt the Bears game plan, just like they were able to for the Cleveland Browns. But you've gone through it once now, an opportunity to learn some lessons from that and apply what you've learned. And it'll be a nice test for Fields and this Bears coaching staff to show us some of those, some of that progress. In particular, I think it's going to be keying in on some of those specific one-on-one -on -one matchups and making sure that you're helping your guys that are in weak positions and also making sure your best guys are going against their most vulnerable spots. We'll look at some of those matchups in particular, some names that we haven't gotten to yet, next on Locked On Bears. A matchup I lose every time is my willpower versus 
Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars because they taste so good. It's really hard for me to not eat a bunch every single day. I'll just go through them too fast if I don't because they're so good for you and they taste delicious and I would have to order new boxes every single day if I, if I let myself eat as many as I have. They taste like candy bars, but they're low sugar, low calorie, high fiber, and high protein. Every single one soft and easy to chew. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in a bunch of delicious flavors. I promise you will find something you love. There hasn't been a Built Bar flavor that I have not enjoyed. I've tried every single one. No such thing as a bad Built Bar, but everyone's got their preferences. For me, salted caramel is delicious and the limited time, the cookie dough chunk is just absolutely the cream of the crop. You'll find something you like, I promise. Check it out at BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get into some of these X's and O's, the one-on-ones here, or the position by position here, that I think will really sort of decide this matchup. And I want to first go back to this cover three defense versus the Bears receivers. Because when you're in that typical sort of cover three, and and the, the Seahawks tend to do like some seam adjustments off of that, where... If you're an underneath defender but someone's running vertically, you're going to have to follow them basically in man-to-man coverage and abandon your underneath zone. And so that's a great way to get a linebacker versus a wide receiver, particularly that tends to then happen in the slot. And also particularly, it happens to be out of a a trips formation. When you go to like a three receivers to a single side, that's where it's going to stress that scheme in particular because you might have a one slot cornerback, but then a third person's got to get over to that third receiver, an outside cornerback, a slot cornerback, and typically it's a linebacker because you might also have a safety coming down on the other side or a receiver coming. You know, there's a lot of different ways to sort of stress them if they want to show two deep safeties or if they're just going to show one all the time, right? And, and so with, this, with that defense, if that third receiver goes vertical, whatever inside guy has to carry that vertical. And so put Darnell Mooney there. Put put um, Demir Bird there. We've seen Marquise Goodwin mostly play on the outside, but I'm thinking more speed of Bird or Mooney or maybe Jakeem Grant if he's ready to go, although uh, it's a quick turnaround to expect him to play a major role in this Bears offense in his first game in Chicago. But I really like the possibility of getting some of those matchups there, whether it's Corey Littleton, Denzel Perryman, former Bear Nick Kwiatkowski, also at linebacker, or even K.J. Wright. None of those guys are keeping up with a wide receiver working across the middle of the field or going vertical, right? I mean, it's just it's not a fair matchup to put them in. It's something we saw too often in Chuck Pagano's defense the last couple of years with sometimes Roquan Smith, sometimes Danny. A lot of times it was Danny Trevathan. Like when you saw Trevathan in man coverage against Devontae Adams last year, this is that same issue, right? They were in a cover three. You put three receivers to that side. They put uh, Devontae Adams in the inside slot and sent him vertically, and it was literally Danny Trevathan's job to try and follow that downfield. It's not a good spot to put your linebackers in. If you're the Bears, that's what you want to do for the Raiders. You can also see your tight ends getting involved in some of those vertical seams as well. Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, now's your time to shine. There should be an opportunity there, again, to kind of split the safety in the cornerback and try and outrun a linebacker. If you invest this much in the tight ends, you want them to be those plus matchups. Great opportunity for them to try and show something again this week, but it's been four games and we just haven't seen it yet, so I'm not getting my hopes up too much there. And then even on the outside, Allen Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, or whoever, 
you know, you're going to have a lot of one-on-ones with those cornerbacks in cover three. They're going to play a lot of off coverage, but you can try and hit them with a double move in there, see if they'll be aggressive and try and go vertical on that. But another play that's going to require time to throw for Justin Fields. And so I'm very concerned about Crosby and Gakwe and Carl Nassib. So, you know, as much as it's not going to challenge the center for the protection, it's still going to be a, a very tall task for Jason Peters and Jermaine Effetti. So I think if I'm Fields, I'm going to be more inclined to step up in the pocket as opposed to trying to scramble down and around the backside like he did a couple times against the Browns because that it just leaves Miles Garrett, or <laughs> I'm still thinking Browns, it left Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney time to chase him down. But I, same kind of thing for Crosby and, and Gakwe. I mean, they're... They're ferocious pass rushers, and so if you're gonna, if you feel that pressure and you're gonna step up, you got to get rid of the ball quickly or take off. And if you're gonna take off, you can't, you can't wait and still look downfield. You gotta, you gotta go. I mean, there's not enough time to reset and let a whole second play sort of develop downfield when it comes to these pass rushers. And I'm really excited to see what type of progress Justin Fields can and will show in in that regard of this Bears offense. I think defensively, I'm I'm definitely worried about slot receiver Hunter Renfro, and they even take Henry Ruggs and move him into the slot quite a bit against Duke Shelley. And even if Deion Bush sometimes in the slot or a Bears linebacker for some of the same types of matchups. But it's clearly where the Lions were attacking the Bears defense. It's where the Browns were attacking the Bears defense. It's been really it's an easy formula. Yeah, you look at the, the weakest guys in the secondary, throw the ball at them as much as you can. And Renfro and Ruggs have both been playing at a high level. That's where the receiver talent has been. They got Brian Edwards too, another draft recent draft pick of theirs who's coming up, up and coming. But They've got some receiver talent, and I do have some concerns. That's why I still think the Raiders will be able to move the ball somewhat against this Bears defense, even if the offensive line is not playing well, and even if they're not really able to run the ball. It is going to be critical then to make sure Derek Carr doesn't have that time to throw deep downfield. And so I'm attacking the right side of this Raiders offensive line in particular, because that's been where the weakness has been all season. We heard yesterday from your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders all about some of the issues that they've had up front. If you haven't heard that podcast, make sure you go back and take a listen, because he, he's in Las Vegas. He runs sports radio stations. He's a great professional. He's one of my favorite lockdown hosts to have on these podcasts and just a wonderful, wonderful job breaking down the Bears opponent. But even just yesterday, on Thursday, the Raiders made an offensive line change. It was right after we had got done talking to your by Q and Q said, hey, don't be surprised if they make this change. And 12 hours later, new right guard, or I guess their right guard, right tackle, the rookie Alex Leatherwood bumps into right guard and then their backup right tackle or their backup offensive tackle Brandon Parker takes over at right tackle. So two new guys in new positions for this Bears game. Key Hicks versus a rookie. Go get him. I mean, we'll see health-wise what the Bears are going to get from their defensive line. But Khalil Mack versus the new right tackle. Or Robert Quinn, if he's going to be on that side. Because the strength is the left tackle, Colton Miller. Solid, solid starting left tackle. He'll be fine. I mean, he's not, not a pro bowler or whatever, but he's, he'll, he's fine. That's where the strength is. Robert Quinn will have his work cut out for him when he's on that side. But bring everything you can off that right side. I know it's the front side for Carr, but if you can flush him left, it's harder for a right-handed quarterback to throw left, you know, when he's rolling. I mean, there, there's some def- definite potential there to find some advantages. And I would be remiss, too, before I forget, to not mention the tight end Darren Waller. I probably have gone too long. It's a sin to go this long talking about the Raiders' offense without talking about Darren Waller because he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Uh, just a, a great vertical threat out of the seam, a, a safety blanket for Derek Carr. And I'm legitimately concerned versus Roquan Smith or Alec Ogletree, especially Alec Ogletree. But Roquan Smith has been vulnerable the last couple of weeks. He's not been the, you know, all-pro future Hall of Famer that seems like everybody wants to make him right away. You know, he's, he's good. He's very good. 
but you know, let's not let's not put him in the Hall of Fame before he earns that gold jacket by any means. So th- that's a real matchup there that the Raiders should see as an advantage against pretty much anybody Darren Waller is going to go up against. So as much help as you can kind of give over the middle of the field, again, that's where Derek Carr has had a lot of that success. So if I've got my two deep safeties, I'm I'm sucking them into the middle a little bit more. I mean, you still have to watch the outsides, but I'm I'm a little bit wary there of making sure that no one's going to totally split them completely up the middle. That's especially Darren Waller and then those slot receivers really trying to attack that area of the field. So it, it should be some real tough matchups there. And again, opportunities for the Raiders to move the ball between the 20s with the talent that they have at pass catchers. But if the Bears' pass rush can make Derek Carr get rid of the ball sooner and make him uncomfortable while shutting down the running game, that should limit a lot of what they want to do offensively. And then the Bears' offense should be able to find some downfield passing in the seams and working across the middle of the field against this Raiders' scheme if they can give their quarterback enough time against some really strong defensive ends. That's really, for me, I think the formula and the story of this game is, is how, how the two quarterbacks are going to be able to protect against really strong edge rushers with some very real concerns on the offensive line because schematically and matchup-wise, both passing games should find some success. I just think the Bears should be able to run the ball a little bit better and take a little bit more of the pressure off of their quarterback. Doesn't mean I, I'm super confident that the Bears are going to just blow them away and have a, a huge, easy victory by any means. But I think there is a path to get there. And I think it's going to be one of the more fun, close matchups on Sunday. Looking forward to breaking it all down for you next week on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We are free and available on all platforms. Appreciate everyone who's been subscribing to the YouTube channel, helping us grow that platform. The likes and the comments on the videos are really fun to create that discussion around this team because I think it helps kind of make it more of an immersive experience. Helps connect you to your fellow Bears fans, to your team a little bit more when you're getting that daily dose of Chicago Bears in your ears and I guess in front of your eyes on the YouTube channel. But I hope all in all, the whole process for you just makes it a little bit easier to bear down.